Time to say hello to Niall Hatch now, who joins us from his home in County Wicklow. Niall, you were listening in there. Have you any stories about the octopus or any close encounters with an octopus ever? It brings to mind something that I saw that absolutely blew my mind a few years ago. I had the great fortune to be in the French Caribbean island of Guadeloupe. Um, I was snorkelling uh, just by myself on a beach. Um, it was actually the exact same beach. For those who are fans of the television programme Death in Paradise, it's the beach where they film that, where, where the where the detective's shack is on the beach. That exact beach. This happened right in front of where that shack is in that TV programme. And I saw under the water, I saw uh, what looked like a, like a fish just swimming along, sort of a, a flatfish just swimming along. There's lots of other fish around. It didn't pay too much heat. I saw it getting closer and closer to this rock under the water where there was a crab on top, a small crab. Then all of a sudden, when the fish got close to it, all of a sudden it completely changed shape. It's like one of those transformer toys that you'd see. It just changed. All of a sudden these tentacles came out. It wasn't a fish at all. It was an octopus that was doing a perfect imitation of a fish. And as soon as it got close to the crab, it just put a tentacle out, grabbed it and just consumed the whole thing. Just sat there crunching up this crab underneath, using its, its beak in the middle of its body. And it just blew my mind that this creature was so well adapted and so intelligent to be able to do this, to know that if I look like a fish in the water, my prey won't be frightened of me. Uh, and then all of a sudden just pounced at the last minute. It was like something out of a horror film as well, if you think of it in Absolutely, those terms. And, yeah, and all this was just a, just a few feet in front of my face in the water. It was amazing. And Niall, it's not just that they can think that, well, if I change my appearance, then my prey won't recognise me. It's the fact that they can actually undergo such metamorphosis as you described. Yes, and while this octopus was feeding on this crab, it changed colour while I was watching it. So when it came in, um, it was quite a pale colour. I'd say sort of a mottled grey, almost greyish sandy colour when I saw it coming in. A bit like, you know, you would see like maybe like, 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 something like a sole or something like that as it swam along. Uh, and you wouldn't think too much of that. Then the rock was much darker. And when it landed on the rock and was consuming this crab, it totally changed its colour. So it was the same colour as the rock. So it went from being a light sandy grey to being a much darker grey. Almost a, almost a charcoal colour right in front of my eyes. And I just thought, what an incredible animal that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And I know we say we'll never look at an animal like that again the same way. Well, we won't, because actually it might look different. Anyway, Niall, I want to talk to you about something that hit the headlines last week. Now, when Eric Dempsey was on the programme last week and you were talking about the Garden Bird Survey, now in its 35th year, Eric said, I'll bet, Niall, when the Garden Bird Survey started with Birdwatcher on it, nobody ever thought we'd be ticking off the great spotted wood and you said, oh, absolutely. And you had a chat about the great spotted woodpecker. And indeed, on our website, you put a link to the documentary we made about the aforementioned woodpecker. And then what happens? Oh, pretty much the next day, all over the news, on radio stations right around the country, talking about great spotted woodpeckers being responsible for outages. The ESB network is gone because of great spotted woodpeckers. So it happened after we were on air. So you might like to explain <laughs> to the listeners what was going on if they missed the story. It was really a real act of serendipity, I think, that this happened. Just after we were speaking about woodpeckers, they were on everybody's lips. Uh, so yes, ESB Networks um, had put out uh, a statement apologising for some outages for some of their customers, saying that woodpeckers excavating nesting cavities, nesting holes, in wooden electricity pylons were responsible for, for these outages. Because what it seems what was happening was the woodpecker holes were weakening the structures. And then when we get the storms that we've had so many of recently, those heavy winds would then would, would, would mean that the 
weaker poles would then snap and fall over and people were without electricity for, for several hours while, they, while the new poles were installed and, and the lines were fixed. Uh, and this is something that in Ireland we haven't had to cope with before because famously we didn't have any woodpeckers in Ireland, at least not as, as a breeding species, just as a very rare visitor. But uh, since about 2005, this species in particular, the great spotted woodpecker, colonised Ireland from Britain and slowly but surely has been working its way across Ireland from its two main original strongholds in County Wicklow and County Down to now populate other counties as well. And as they're going, they're looking for nest sites and wooden electricity pylons would seem to be absolutely perfect for them. So this obviously generated quite a bit of headlines. I was speaking about it on Morning Ireland and then various other radio stations. I've even spoken on Spanish radio about it. That's how widespread this story has become. And a lot of the people, especially in other countries, are surprised that Ireland didn't have woodpeckers until now because woodpeckers and electricity pylons have been an issue in most of the world's countries since we started having electricity pylons. People have been dealing with this since the 19th century. Uh, And yet in Ireland, it's just now now we're playing catch up with this. They have woodpeckers in Spain, as far as I know. Oh, what's yep. the name? I know it's the black one with the kind of a red skull cap on it. it almost. They, they do. That's the black woodpecker. The that's black Europe's wood, biggest. Wouldn't you know? Yeah. The black woodpecker, of course. But are they not having similar problems there? Well, the, the, the thing is that they have had problems like that in the past, and I'm sure in some areas they still do. But the fact of it is that in most other countries, including throughout much of Britain, where the great spotted woodpecker is a very common bird as well, they tackle it in various ways. Um, there are types of resin that are used apparently to fill in these holes. So they spot where the damage has occurred and then fill them in with this resin uh, that mimics the strength of wood and, and that, that then makes them more safer within the storms. You do see um, in, in many of these areas where you have densities of woodpeckers, they stop using wooden poles altogether. They use metal poles or concrete poles. And this is something you'll see quite a bit in, in, in other European countries. Uh, and also as well, what you find in those countries, and this might be a factor here in Ireland, I know it's something that Aina has often spoken about on the programme. Our lack of tree cover in Ireland, I think, is, is, is a factor here as well. I want to ask you something else. Now, the breeding season for woodpeckers, for the great spotted woodpecker is... April to May, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, yeah. And, you know, that's when the dawn chorus is in full flight and we talk about the dawn chorus and the birds singing to attract a mate and to hold territory. So the very specific reasons for them singing and revealing their location. They don't want to be telling people where they are all the time. Now, I always thought that the drumming of the woodpecker had a similar function, but if that is the case, why would it be drumming in December? Well, woodpeckers don't really drum too much in that season. So the woodpeckers are pecking on wood uh, for for three specific reasons. So one that we discussed there already was excavating a nest cavity. So they're chiseling away at the wood. And both male and female do that. Uh, yes, so the male does more of it, but both, both male and female do that, absolutely. So yes, so it's, it's kind of an equal partnership there. Um, so that's one of the main reasons why they do that. They also will drill practice holes outside the nesting season. Oh. You know, they have to learn how to do it, particularly the young birds. You know, it's the, the, they have to have a few holes under their belt before they choose their nesting one. So that can happen throughout the year. The second thing that they do, and this is the most frequent reason why they're actually excavating wood, it's to get food. They're excavating the beetle larvae that are in that dead or dying wood. There's lots of beetles and other insects will lay their eggs in there and wood boring wasps, things like that as well will go in there and they have all these little grubs and the woodpeckers would excavate holes to take those out. They have a very, very long tongue. Their tongue is longer than their head and beak combined. It wraps around their skull inside above their brain case Um, and when they get to the hole they stick their tongue out. The end is kind of barbed and sticky and can then take the grubs out that way. So that's the second reason why they're tapping on wood. The third reason is the drumming and that doesn't cause much damage. That's not what's weakening the poles. Some of the reports in some of the newspapers were saying it was wood pecker drumming that was causing the damage but that, that's a misconception. No. It's not. It's the excavation of the holes. When you hear that fast rat-tat-tat machine gun like burst from a woodpecker. Exactly. Very 
Very good impression. Uh, that is them. That's, that, as you said, that's their song. And you mostly hear that in the springtime. So usually from around March through to April and into early May, um, around the time of the Dawn Chorus, that's when you hear that happening. And that is a territorial function. It's proclaiming a territory, attracting a mate, just like the song of a blackbird or a robin or a blue. So it's maybe looking for grubs or practising. Now, they're not beavers, Niall. They're not going to bring down the telegraph poles. So how are their outages? Or should I be on TSB <laughs> networks about that? Well, the ESB networks, what they've said is, as I, I believe, yes, it's not that the, the woodpeckers are causing you know, such an excavation that the whole pole falls over. What happens is it's um, it weakens the pole and then when stormy weather hits that weak point, especially imagine all that weight of the wires as well, ah, it can see. be blown over and it's more like to snap at that point. And especially if there's been a couple of holes in that pole that's been weakened. I suppose as well, when the woodpeckers drill on it, they're exposing the inner core of that pylon and that wood to the, the elements because the outsides are treated um, and damp proofed but I suppose what can happen then if there's a hole in it then water can get in fungus can get in it can cause rotting and over the course of a couple of years perhaps then it weakens the pole further and that could cause a collapse So what about preventative measures have they been in touch with you guys have you any suggestions on how to stop the woodpeckers from tapping on wood knock 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 on wood go on have you any suggestions for them well, certainly some suggestions. Nobody's been in touch with us in Birdwatch Ireland. We're always happy to help. Um, but we do know that if from other countries, including in Britain and France and Spain and places where these woodpeckers are very common, you do see meshes on trees that, that deter the woodpeckers. You do see at certain heights because the woodpeckers tend to nest in, in a certain height. They're not going to nest right down by the ground. They like to be a certain optimum, several metres off the ground. You do see metal collars sometimes put on these uh, on these pylons. And you do see an increasing use of metal and concrete in these areas too. So certain wraps, I think there's a, there's, there's a plastic wrap that sometimes can be put on these that makes the woodpeckers realise it stops them thinking it's wood they don't they don't see it as a tree perhaps and so they think well this this isn't for me maybe that's what the is way. it doing for the woodpecker's head when you see how fast they knock on the wood I mean is it something like 1200 times per day well when you hear that when you hear that little burst of drumming that they do there um, that's a burst in, in the space of just about a second they're hitting it over a dozen maybe up to 20 times it's wow. incredibly rapid when you look at the mechanics of that they're hitting that tree or that telegraph pole or, or electricity pylon face first um, at over 700 miles an hour um, which is absolutely astonishing the the shock that they must experience it's beyond our imagination we'd be killed instantly we wouldn't survive it in, not, not even for a not even one one tap, you'd be dead. Um, but woodpeckers have these ligaments in their neck that are reinforced to act like a shock absorber. Their brains are surrounded by this amazingly shock absorbing liquid as well. They're kind of floating there, so they don't suffer brain damage from this. The beaks are incredibly hard, so they're not damaged by this. Uh, and and the woodpeckers as well, when, when they're when they're doing this, um, it seems that you know they're, they're somehow able to shut down part of their brain activity, so they're not getting damage from it. It really is quite remarkable. Uh, so to think, you know, what the, the force their brain experiences apparently it's it's been recorded as being up to 20,000 G. Um, even a brief a brief experience of 100 G, so it's 100 times the force of gravity for a human would be fatal. Fighter pilots might experience 20 G apparently when they're in a tight turn that can cause them to black out. So they'll black out, human will black out at that and yet the woodpeckers can withstand a thousand times more force, which is mind-blowing. It is really incredible. But we're all talking about the great spotted woodpecker and before last week there was only ourselves on Mooney Goes Wild talking about it. Now the whole country knows we have woodpeckers in Ireland. So there's something good that's come from it. We're trendsetters, Derek. I've always said it. We set the agenda. (laughs)